Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Ming Li's Magic Panda, Adventures in China. It's the new book in stores written by Stracy E. Cleveland, and I'm delighted that Stracy is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We're going to chat all about the book. Stracy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. I really appreciate it, you and Reader House. I appreciate you taking some time out to talk with me here about your book, Ming Lee's Magic Panda. Stracy, can you tell me about this? Sure thing. First off, it's a children's novel. I wanted to focus on the children because I really do believe that they are our future and that coming up, you know, you really need to have positive things in your life. There's so much negative out here. And so that's number one, why I wanted to put a children's book out. And so with this book, Ming Lee's Magic Panda, it's a magical tale about Ming Lee, Zhu, and Kuo Fu, the characters in the book. And Ming Lee is in a tragic boating accident, and she loses her parents. Zhu comes along, who's a magic panda, and his master is Kuo Fu. And they rescue Ming Lee, take her in, and train her to be a Gen Z. And in Chinese, a Gen Z would be a superior being, someone who shows love and affection, who always does the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so you just follow Zhu and Ming Li as Kuo Fu directs them along through the journey through China. And Zhu has these magic powers that he's able to use in order to help people as well. And he trains Ming Li and puts her underneath his wing. And it's just a beautiful story about how we as human beings can be more like Ming Li and Zhu and be Gen Z's as well and show love. I love that you have a heart for putting out positive messages for children, Stracy. Where did you get the inspiration, the idea for this story? Well, you know, actually, about 10 years ago, I worked for the Cleveland Museum of Art, and I also worked for the Cleveland Public Library. And while I was at the Cleveland Public Library, there was a contest that they were doing on trying to win a trip to Shanghai. And China has always inspired me, and it's always been on my bucket list of things to do and places to go. Mm. And so I decided to enter this contest. I'd never had written a novel or written anything, you know, to that nature before. But I decided to write a short story, which is actually, you know, Ming Lee's Magic Pandas is how I really got started. Now, I didn't actually win. I think I came like number 13 in the project. But some people that had read it in the library and also through the contest had said they thought it was really good and that I should really think about trying to get it published. And from there, just, you know, kind of sat for a little while, you know, I procrastinated on it or life gets in the way and you don't necessarily follow through. And then one day I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to research, find out how this needs to happen. And, you know, in this day and age, there's so many different ways that you can, you know, write a book. Mm. 
there's no particular way that you would have to go about it. It's, it's a lot of creativity that you put into it. You can do it online. You can go through a service. You can do it on your own. But I chose to go through Christian Faith. Mm. And I couldn't be happier with the way things turned out working with Christian Faith Publishing. And then when that day came, Stracy, and you got the first copy in, you got to hold this book for the first time. What was that like for you? I can honestly say, Corey, it, it's really magical, and I don't mean to sound cliche, but it's really a dream come true for me. There's so many things that I aspire to be, and one of them is someone who I could leave something on this earth that people can have that'll be here beyond me. And I think this is that one thing that I can do that's positive, that people can look back on, people can pick up, they can read it, you know, they can see what kind of person I am based on, you know, my writings. And it's just a fabulous feeling. I'm excited when anyone purchases or wants to read, you know, the book, I make sure they can get a copy in their hands. Well, Stracy, I know a lot of children, a lot of families are going to get so much from this book. It's titled Ming Li's Magic Panda. Adventures in China. This is written by Stracy E. Cleveland, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can get it everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Stracy, it's been wonderful talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show and telling me all about Ming Li and all your plans coming up. Thank you. I certainly appreciate it. This was so much fun. <laughs> Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Travis Pond. Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. It's exciting. You have a new book out in stores called The Last Shepherd. Travis, can you tell me what readers can expect when they open this up? The Last Shepherd is just a wonderful, it's a short story, nothing too committed time-wise, but a short story that talks about the kind of the true meaning of Christmas and helps you get into a good feel for the Christmas time. It, it helps kids. It's, it's meant for kids and parents to share together and enjoy a good bonding moment around the Christmas season. Hmm. Travis, what inspired you to write the book? When did you get the idea and start writing? You know, I happened to be sitting around with my family Christmas Eve, and we were reading the account out of Luke, and we were talking about the moment that the angel appeared to the shepherds and how the shepherds were so excited, and they were left with haste to go find the Christ child. And it got me thinking. I thought to myself, you know, how did this happen? I mean, did they just, you know, all just jump up and immediately run, or were there some that were quicker than others? And I got to think, you know, what happened to that last shepherd, that last one that made it there that night? You know, what was his story? And is that story my story? And, and sometimes in some ways I connected with that last shepherd, you know, being the slowpoke to maybe find Jesus, hmm. and how that maybe a lot of us have that same story within us, that we want to know Christ and we want to know Jesus, but you know maybe we're not as rambunctious and as excited to get there at the beginning, but once we get there, it's still the same wonderful payoff. Hmm. Once you sat down and started working on this, Travis, how long of a process was it for you? You know, I've written other novels that took me less time. <laughs> <laughs> This little story has been in the making for actually for two years. Mm. I came up with the title and the idea and coming up with the right way to express what I was feeling about the story. This is a lot of my own feelings for my own life and Christmas. And I think it, it resonates with a lot, but it, it took me two years to really get this to the point where I wanted it. 
And most often when you're working with children's books, you'll be working with illustrations as well. Travis, what kind of a process was that for you? You know, that was a wonderful process. I found this amazing illustrator, and and it's something that she did kind of as a side and was a little reluctant to do at the beginning. And as she read the story, she said, you know, this story really needs pictures. And I said, I agree. And it didn't take long as she read it. And as we talked about the project, to come up with the idea of the way this story needed to be told. And I think she did a fantastic job of telling the story in the pictures. And it makes the story just so much better when you're able to see the scenes that she created. Hmm. You told me about how you had been writing novels prior to this, Travis. Was it challenging then to make the jump to children's books? Is this your first time doing that kind of thing? It is. My fantasy series that I have written is kind of geared more toward the younger. It's sort of a middle grade YA mix and a little upper middle grade, I guess. It's kind of in that middle. And so going down to something that was geared more for children was not terribly difficult. The hard part really was making it so adults would enjoy the story just as much. Mm. I wanted everyone to be able to enjoy this story and yet not have the children be bored. (laughs) (laughs) Have you thought about maybe doing more children's books in the future? Yeah, I have thought about it. I have thought, you know, there are so many stories out there that can be told And it's just a matter of connecting with the right story to be able to share. And I think with children's stories, there's so much more that you need to be able to connect with. It's not so much as an entertaining value. It is. But a lot of things with children's stories, in my mind, you want a value there that they can grasp onto and really enjoy. And so being able to tell that is is its own little challenge. Mm Well, this is a great book for children and for families and everybody listening. I encourage you to go check it out. It's titled The Last Shepherd. It's written by Travis Pond, and it's published by Covenant Books. And of course, you can get it anywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Travis, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me about The Last Shepherd. I had a nice time tonight. Thank you very much. I so appreciate it. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Sharon Weiss. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Well, thank you. It's very nice to be here. I appreciate your time. It's really exciting. You have a new book out in stores titled The Perfect Plan. Can you tell me all about it, Sharon? Well, the book started when my husband and I had a ministry of passing out Bibles door to door. My husband would buy them. He was working at first, and so I would go out with my lady friends from church, and we would go to especially apartment complexes, low-income housing, and give away Bibles. We started attracting a lot of children that had lots of questions. They wanted to know what we were doing and what a Bible is and who is Jesus, and we decided to start a Bible club. The pictures that I have in the Perfect Plan book are the same pictures that I drew on poster board. I would tell them about Jesus, and we would give away candy and sing songs and have Bible lessons, and it ended up eventually becoming a bus ministry. Hmm. And then when my husband and I, we moved to Gresham in Oregon, and he retired, and so we did it together. 
I had 12 King's Club Bible Clubs in the Gresham area in 12 different uh, apartment complexes. Oh, wow. And at the end of each page, they are asked a question. Would you have wanted to be there that day? Would you have been Jesus' friend? Just simple little questions that they could answer. Hmm. And then by the time we got to, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? They all raised their hands right away. And then a couple pages later, would you like to ask Jesus to forgive you and come in your heart? And they were ready to pray that prayer. So that's what's so special about the way the presentation went. Mm. They were totally engaged. And so I reduced the pictures into a book form and started reproducing them myself. And I did that for many, many years. And then my husband passed away in August of 2021. And I had lots of time to think about things, and I thought, I wonder if we could publish this book. I got two addresses, one in Pittsburgh and one in South Carolina, and I called both of them, and they asked me to submit the book, and they both accepted it. And I went, oh, my goodness. Well, I went with the one in South Carolina. And the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Do you have plans to write more in the future? I don't. This has been an experience that I, you know, it's, it's been a life experience. I really never considered myself an author. I'm more of an evangelist. I mean, I don't envision writing another book. But I think it was God's will that I write this book. And as I told others, I think it's just in me to be an evangelist. My great-grandmother was a Methodist evangelist in the late 1800s, and she traveled all over America with her husband, who was a carpenter, and he would do carpentry work, and she would preach Hmm. wherever, you know, (laughs) all over America. I think it was during a Great Awakening. Three of her sons became pastors, and one of them was my grandfather. And it's just kind of in my blood to Mm. be an evangelist, and that's my plan. I mean, God could change it. You just never know. Mm. (laughs) I know a lot of children and families are going to be blessed by this book. It's called The Perfect Plan. It's written by Sharon Weiss, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can find it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Sharon, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about the perfect plan and all about your ministry. I had a great time talking with you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been nice talking to you, too. This book aims to enable readers to feel the love of God. It's titled, Learning from the Relationships of Jesus. It's written by Dion Laborde, and Dion is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're going to chat all about it. Dion, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time here to tell me all about learning from the relationships of Jesus. Dion, what can readers expect here? Well, my book takes a deeper look at the life of Jesus Christ, and how he handled his interpersonal relationships with different types of people, and what we can learn from that. 
There is a lot to learn from the life of Jesus. I also have explored some Bible verses that many people may not have realized are in the Bible, and I explain their significance. When you think of the types of readers that you were writing for here, Dion, is this something for believers, or would non-believers get something out of this as well? It's for Christians and non-believers. I think everyone can find something interesting in this book and learn about the life of Jesus. There's a lot to learn about the life of Jesus. But I specifically wrote for young adults and adults. There's so much truth in there and guidance and inspiration. So I think they would get a lot out of it. Fantastic. Dion, how are you inspired to write learning from the relationships of Jesus? Can you think about what gave you that idea? Actually, God inspired me to write the book. I was just obedient and wrote it. Also, I was inspired a lot by the Bible, as my book is biblically based. And so I just followed the inspiration as it came. Sometimes the inspiration would come at like 3 or 4 or 5 in the morning, (laughs) and I would get up and write the inspiration down and the Bible verses down. So it was just really being spirit-led and just going with the flow of the inspiration as it came. Mm. Did the whole process take a long time, both writing it and then putting it through all those publishing processes? Well, it took about a year and six months, Mm. including the editing process. It takes a little time, even after it's finished being written, because it has to go through an editing process. Mm. And then, of course, coming up with the cover design. So there's a a lot of different steps it has to go through before you get the finished results. But I enjoyed the whole process. It's not work for me. It's actually fun for me to write a book. And I can only imagine that time when you got the first copy and you finally got to hold this thing in your hands. What was that like for you, Dion? It was a really good feeling. It was like a dream come true and a feeling that I could help a lot of people with the book God gave me to write. It was also really wonderful to be a part of what God was trying to do through me for this book to help other people. Mm. It felt really good, especially knowing that I obeyed God and I wrote it, that now a lot of people can receive help and encouragement from it. Dion, before you wrote this one, had you ever written or published before? I have. I've also written the books Inspiration from the Creator, Knowing God, and also Guidance and Encouragement from Isaiah. Hmm. Do you have plans for writing more in the future? I certainly do. I took a little break from writing, however, because I wrote three back-to-back. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I took a little break for a little while, but I plan on starting another book at the end of this year, and I'm just gathering my Bible verses together and my ideas and the inspiration that comes. I'm preparing for another one that I plan to start writing at the end of the year. So you're a veteran of the writing and publishing process now, Dion. What advice would you give to the new authors who are listening? Well, the advice I would give them would be to write what you read, because usually the types of books that you read, that's the kind of book you'll be able to write, because that's what you have experience with. I would also encourage would-be authors to write the inspiration down no matter what time of the day or night it comes, because if you don't write it down, you can lose it, and also to be patient with themselves. I wasn't ready to write my books until my early 40s. So be patient with yourself. Sometimes you may not be ready to write that book until you're older, depending on the type of book. Well, readers everywhere I know are going to be blessed by this book. I encourage those listening right now to go and check it out. It's titled Learning from the Relationships of Jesus. It's written by Dion Laborde. It's published by Covenant Books. 
And you can get it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Dion, thank you again for joining me and telling me about your work. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. Yes, I had a great time, too. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate your time. The Last Days. It's the new book in stores written by James Roberts. And here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm sitting with James right now. We're going to chat all about this book. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about what readers can find when they open up The Last Days? Well, it's a book on the study of the Revelation with an emphasis on the seals and trumpets that are, are spoken about in the book of Revelation. Hmm. And it also is a, a pretty in-depth study on, on time itself and how man views time and how God views time. And I believe that God has set up a series of milestones that we could track for events to, to be completed like on a schedule. I believe that he used the feasts from the Old Testament during the time of Moses as milestones. And so once the event that that feast represents is passed, then that milestone can be checked off the schedule and you can move on to the next thing. For example, when the feast of Passover was completed and when Jesus died and, and death passed over all Christians at that time. So I believe that most of the milestones on the, his schedule event are complete, except for the ones remaining uh, concerning his second return. Well, the book of Revelation is difficult for a lot of people, James. Did this take you a long time to do? Yeah, I worked on this probably for about three years. Mm. I got to noticing that I had a lot of study notes and sermons that I preached over the years that concerned the end times and Revelation, and so I just started compiling all that, and it took me quite a while. I was working when I first started, and then we had COVID entered into the whole picture, and there was a lot of things that, that caused me to pause every now and then, but I finally did get finished with it. What sparked you to write the book? Can you think back to when you got the idea and said, hey, I got to sit down and get to work on this thing? Yes, we were at a men's prayer breakfast in my home church, the First Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. We had a man come to speak to us. He would just written a book on Revelation, and after he had finished speaking, he asked if anyone had any questions, and man, there was a lot of confusion, and everybody had all these different ideas and these different questions and these different concepts, and they were really struggling to understand it, and so I really felt led at that time to, to write a book that would help explain things in a whole lot more clear, and, and I started using Old Testament scriptures to tie in with the New Testament so that the whole Bible kind of tied in together with that. What does your writing background look like, James? Have you written before this? No, I have never written before. So this, I'm a first-time author, and this was kind of a new journey for me. It's been an exciting trip, though, and I, I'm glad I finally got it published. I could only imagine the moment you got your first copy in, James. A lot of people, you know, it's quite something to see your name on the cover of a book. What was that moment like for you? Well, it's, it's actually pretty good. I've I haven't actually seen my book yet, so I'm living in Ecuador during, during COVID. Me and my wife, I wasn't old enough to retire yet. We decided, well, I got laid off work. There wasn't any work. We tried to figure out a place to move to, so we finally decided on Ecuador, and uh, I got it published while I was here in Ecuador, and I'll be going back to the States probably in another month or so, and I'll pick up my copies there, but I've seen pictures of it and everything. It's pretty exciting. It's kind of surreal because it just doesn't seem like the moment's hit me yet that this really happened. Mm. What are the chances you'll do it again? Have you thought about writing another? 
Well, I've just sent off another book to the publisher and they approved it, so hopefully we'll be see that one coming out any day now. James, a lot of people listening to us right now are the authors who are just starting out and things, so do you have any words of wisdom, any advice that you could offer? Yeah, so I, I was kind of intimidated by writing a book, and then I think the biggest hurdle is just to get started and start writing something that I think about people like Ernest Hemingway and Mark Twain and things. They didn't have computers, and they don't have the technology we do now, and they had to get it right on paper. So I, I think it's become a little easier to write. It's just getting motivated to sit down and do it, just come up with an idea and then just start writing. Absolutely. I think this book is going to clear up a lot of questions people have about the book of Revelation, and it's just going to be a blessing in general. It's titled The Last Days. It's written by James Roberts, and it's published by Covenant Books, and you can get it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. James, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me about the last days. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. All right, well, thanks again for having me. How do I get to heaven? Well, I'd, I'd sure like to know that, and it's actually the title of the new book, Out in Stores Now, written by Dee Dee Lawrence, and Dee Dee is right here with me now. We're going to talk all about it. Dee Dee, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Can you tell me about How Do I Get to Heaven is all about? What can readers expect here? Well, it's a children's picture book, and I wrote it because I was always afraid of death growing up. Hmm. So. It's just a cute little book about a dream that a little child has, and it talks about what heaven is about, the colors in heaven and what you see in heaven, a light, cute little book. Hmm. So you said this was brought about by your childhood fear of dying and the questions that you had. So what was the spark that was lit? What inspired you to sit down and get started on this thing? Well, I worked with children my entire life. I was a nursery school teacher, and then I became a school counselor. I worked at high school level, but then I went to the elementary level. And, you know, I just loved reading with children because they were so enthusiastic with books, most of them anyway. Mm. And I said, I would love to write a book. So I did a little praying, and I asked for guidance, and this is what I came up with. So is this your first book then? You've never written or published before this? Correct. This is my very first one. Yes. Congratulations. Did this take Thank you like you so forever to do since it was your first one? It felt like it did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most challenging part of the whole thing for you? Deciding whether or not I wanted to do the illustrations or have the publishing house do the illustrations. In fact, I even asked my granddaughter, but she was way too busy. And so I said, you know what? I think I'm going to give it to the publishing house. And I'm so glad I did because they did a fabulous job. What was it like for you then the day finally came and you got the first hard copy of this and you got to hold this book you've been working on for so long? It was pretty exciting. A little surreal. I think <laughs> it still is. You know, I'm trying to get it out there. I want to have some book signings and things like that, but I'm going to try and work on it more now. I was detained a little bit because my mom just passed away. Mm, sorry. Thank you. So now I'm going to start really working on it. Well, Dee Dee, so many people listening to us right now are authors just starting out in the whole world of writing and publishing. What words of wisdom do you have to offer them? Go for your dream. I mean, mm. if you have a dream, do it. Go for it. You have nothing to lose, that's for sure, and maybe a whole lot to gain. 
And when you look back over the whole thing now, Dee Dee, what's the most rewarding thing for you of now being a published author? Being able to hold that book in my hands and mm. being able to read it and share with my grandchildren and to read it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I have a little three, no, almost three, two and a half years old, and he calls it, how do I get to Kevin? <laughs> and so, yeah, so we have fun. And it was so cute. His parents videotaped him and he said, I'm thinking about the book that Mana wrote. How do I get to Kevin? I mean, <laughs> heaven. And he had just lost his dog. So uh, I think it was he was relating the two together because we you know, kept telling him that the dog went to heaven. So it came in handy. Well, I'm sure you know the process of writing can be so much fun and you can get so much joy out of it as the words are flowing out. But sometimes it gets tough and the words stop flowing. You might get caught up for ideas where to go next. Uh, Dee Dee, do you ever get things like writer's block or those sort of challenges? I did prior to me looking for guidance, but once I did, the words just flowed right out. I was just like amazed. Prior to that, I was trying to write a different one and I was struggling, but this one came a little bit easier for me. Hmm. Like I said, I had a little guidance, so it worked out much better that way. Did you have a pretty solid idea for what the whole story was going to look like or were you sort of winging it as you went? Winging it as I went. Until I got it all together and started, you know, reading it over and over. And then as they asked me, you know, well, what about this page? What would you like to see on this page? And what colors and things like that? And then it just came. And like I said, they did an awesome job. Well, they certainly did. The book's beautiful. The message is great. And I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's titled, How Do I Get to Heaven? It's written by D.D. Lawrence. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Dee Dee, thank you again for joining me and telling me about this wonderful book. I hope we can talk again soon. I would love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Dijon D. Robertson. Dijon, thanks for joining me here on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You got a new book out in stores right now, and I just wanted to say congratulations. It's called Poetic Chronicles of a Mentally Controlled Heart. Dijon, can you tell me about this book? This book is dedicated to my dad, whom passed away in 2014. Mm. I've found my talent, apparently, after he passed away, and I just decided to put my emotions into writing and came up with this book, Poetic Chronicles of a Mentally Controlled Heart. Mm. How long did it take you to write this all, collect all the poetry, and put it through all those publishing hoops? It didn't take too long. My biggest hump was worrying about whether I wanted to publish it or, you know, how to go about publishing, you know, my very first book. Overall completion, it took about two years, but it sat for a while, and I was like, you know what, let me just go ahead and publish it. And I found, you know, some publishers, and we made it happen. Mm. What did you find the most challenging part about that whole thing? A title. The title. How did the title come about? The title came about, I wanted to express myself. I wanted my readers to understand that before you open this book, one, it is poetry as well as chronicles. Chronicles meaning order. So the way I wrote my book is the exact same order that I wrote. You know, the way my book is published is the exact same order of the way I wrote my poems. 
And with that being said, each poem has a heartfelt meaning. So as I was writing, I began to feel it. So I just, you know, put the pen to the paper, came up with this title, Poetic Chronicles of a Mentally Controlled Heart, to let people know that even though, you know, no one's around, your heart and your mind, you know, goes together and it will always understand itself. I could only imagine the moment that you finally got to hold the real thing, the first physical copy when you got that in. Dijon, what was that moment like for you? It was like, I can't believe it. It was a very emotional moment because it, it happened. It mm. happened. And I've been waiting so long. So it was very special, very, very, very special moment at the time. Do you think you'll be publishing more in the future? I do. I'm actually working on a second book now. I won't say the title, <laughs> but I'm actually working on a second book. It's not going to be poetry. Uh, it's going to be more on a memoir side. Now, publishing a book for the first time, I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. It's a huge process. So, Dijon, do you have any advice, any sorts of words of wisdom that you could offer to authors just starting out? Follow your heart. Follow your mind. It'll definitely guide you in the direction that you want to go. Like I said, I've just held on to this piece of literature for a while, not knowing that my story will actually mean something to many people across the world. Actually, I have gotten a lot of great reviews. So my whole point is don't hesitate. Just keep going. Don't stop and get it on, get it out and get it published. Mm, great advice. Deshaun, are you the kind of writer that has a routine, like you like to get up early and write or stay up super late at night and write? Or do you just find yourself writing whenever those ideas are coming? I don't. And believe it or not, that's how I completed this book. I just, I was just writing and there was no specific time, a day. I didn't wake up doing it. I didn't go to sleep, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to write today before I go to sleep. No, there was no specific time. I just, as it came to me, I wrote it and it just began to make sense. So I read on with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, knowing that you're a published author now, your work is out there for the world. What's the most rewarding thing for you of knowing that? The most rewarding thing is understanding that after reading this book, that there are many, many people out there that can relate to me, my situation, to know that each piece of literature hits somebody different. That I have gotten a lot of reviews about whose favorite poem is whose and why. And it just means a lot knowing that, you know, you're not in a situation by yourself. And I went through a lot. This This book came out, you know, being stuck in depression and to understand mm. that somebody else can relate. It definitely, definitely gives me high hopes of writing another book. Mm. I think a lot of readers out there are going to enjoy this book. And I encourage my listeners to give it a shot. The title is Poetic Chronicles of a Mentally Controlled Heart. This is written by Dijon D. Robertson, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Dijon, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me all about your poetry, all about the exciting things you got going on. I really enjoyed our time together tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Linda Carpenter. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me. That's my pleasure. Congratulations on having a new book out in stores. It's called A Short Tale, The Adventures of Sirius the Arabian. So, Linda, what's this book all about? Can you tell me about it? Well, Sirius the Arabian is a real Arabian show horse whose grandfather was very famous named Kimosabi. 
And that's kind of the basis to start the story. I have Sirius only because his tail is too short to win any shows. Mm. So that's what happens in the book. Although it's his mother and all of his family, they're sure he's going to be a champion. His tail just never grows in. So part of the adventure is that. And, you know, how really kind of travel that is. They have to have a long tail. And it talks a little bit about horse training. But really... There's magic to this story. Kimosabi was so famous that there was a comic strip written about him. Oh, wow. And his breeder, her name was Ruth. So in the comic book, Ruth is his red-haired assistant, and they go around fighting for truth and justice the Arabian way. So when I saw that, that also had to become part of the story. <laughs> and it. the fact that in the comic strip, the Lone Ranger gives Kimosabi, the horse, of course, his mask, a kind of mask, because it's a horse-sized mask. So, of course, I had to explain to kids who, you know, the Lone Ranger was mm. and <laughs> why he had a mask and who Kimosabi was. So that kind of jumps the story off, but it evolved into the magic helping Sirius help the black-footed ferrets be prevented from going extinct. And that just popped into the story. I'm really a producer of educational materials and private companies' profile pieces. So I've always done reality. So it was so fun to really write it just making stuff up. And one Sunday afternoon, Mama Ferret, pregnant, and her two teenage kits showed up in the story. And then she became a major player because she ends up getting shot. I don't want to give too much of the story away, but here in Arizona, the Phoenix Zoo is one of 10 in the world that are involved in breeding black-footed ferrets to put them back in the wild. Hmm. So there used to be millions of them, and now there's only 300 estimated in the wild Wow! in the North American continent. So in the story, you know, we, it's really a chapter book for middle grades, but I think that, you know, all my friends are reading it and they're loving it. So <laughs> I think it's probably for a lot of different audiences, but the prairie dogs and the ferrets are interdependent and prairie dogs feed more animals. They're called a cornerstone species because if they fall, so they're a big part of the story also. One ferret eats 100 prairie dogs a year to survive. Hence, as the prairie dogs disappear, the ferrets have disappeared. So that's the main part of the story. And then there's all these desert animals, old hortense, the desert tortoise, and Diana, the diamondback rattlesnake. And there's a coyote and a rabbit and some hawks and Roseanne, the roadrunner. And they all work together with a couple of humans to save a particular place where the prairie dogs were going to be destroyed. And nobody really knows yet that the ferrets are there. And this is the story of how they help save them. So it was wonderful to develop, came from all different sources of reality, really. Yeah. Made into, like, there's a TV show, educational TV show in the book, because that's what I did all my life. And I actually wrote it as a screenplay for my graduate degree. Hmm. So have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written a book or anything like this before this? Well, I've done a lot of writing of video and, you know, brochures and things for cities. I once wrote a campaign against an incinerator in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and we beat out Westinghouse. So I, I've done a lot of different things. I, I did a lot of horse racing programming. I actually have a couple of ACE awards from that. I was lucky enough to be at Mammoth Park where all the champions come after the Triple Crown races, and I got to do stories on all of them. Well, I know a lot of readers are really going to enjoy this book and should check it out. It's called A Short Tale, The Adventures of Sirius the Arabian. And that's P-A-I-L, just so they know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is written by Linda Carpenter and is published by Newman Springs Publishing.
Of course, you can grab it up everywhere, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes and also down the street at your local bookshop. Well, Linda, it's been delightful having you on the show here. Thank you so much for coming on and telling me all about Sirius, and I hope we get to do this again sometime. Me too. I'll have to write another book. Thank you. I'm joined right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable by author Douglas Turner. Douglas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Thank you. You have a new book out in stores right now. The title is The Pilgrim Journey, Miles to Go, Promises to Keep. Doug, can you tell me what this book is all about? Okay, Corey, it's a, I call it a family book of the past century, uh, entailing the throes of the Great Depression in the horrors of World War II, and it's often referred to as the greatest generation. Amanda wrote it to give tribute to my mother. Mm. How long of a process was this for you, Doug, both writing it and then putting it through that publishing process? Corey, a lot of the incidents happened while I was very, very young, five years old, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. So I started jotting this down many years ago, probably 40 years ago, and then I typed it up on a manual typewriter so I wouldn't forget some of it. Have you ever written a book, Douglas? Have you ever been published before this? No. We've always been, you might say, busy in uh, our homework and regular work and church work and other kind of work and keeping in touch with the family members. So, no, I haven't just had this one interest as far as a book over the years in that regard. And there's nothing like seeing that finished product, that thing that you worked so hard toward all that time. Douglas, whenever you got the first physical copy in of The Pilgrim Journey, what was that moment like for you? Oh, it's very satisfying, but poor it has taken a lot of a lot of sweat, so to speak. Mm. Them sending in material and them losing it, me having to reproduce it. Oh no. <laughs> That's just one of the stories. <laughs> mm. But I finally, it's supposed to be, uh, I think, a publication in the next couple of years, official mm. publication. And, of course, we got the pre-publication you know, about a week or so ago to Amazon and so forth. The public release should be, like I say, uh, in a couple of days. Douglas, what are the chances that you'll write another after this? Have you thought about that? <laughs> now, Corey, I'm uh, nearly 98 years old, so I'm afraid time's not on my side for writing another and publishing another book. But thanks for asking. Well, never say never. You never know what the Lord has in store for you, Douglas. Well, you're very, very true. It is very true, yes. But I enjoy every day, and thankfully I still have some uh, some wiggles upstairs that takes care of my thinking. Douglas, a lot of people who are listening to us right now are authors who are just starting out. Do you have any advice that you could give them? Well, I guess you might say my advice would just to uh, have a lot of patience and uh, a lot of redos or if they don't correct any things that you ask them to do, it's just all to, to ask them to read to uh, do it the next time. That's one of my main problems. They haven't corrected things when I sent in, so it's just a recorrection to so many times. Douglas, I'm curious, would you call yourself an avid reader? Do you find yourself buried in books a lot? Oh, I like to read. A lot of my reading is on the war years. I have a whole rack of books on the, you know, World War II, Korean War, the two which I was in. Hmm. 
Douglas, did you have people around you while you were writing this who knew you were doing this and they could motivate you and encourage you along the way? Well, no, I knew that's what I wanted to do many years ago. And like I say, started jotting down things and finally put them in place. And I, I, I self-published this about eight years ago. One of my grandsons that was in the Air Force, he looked over it and he might say sort of edited it, put me on uh, so-called rock source to get the right words and uh, synonyms and so forth in. So he helped me a, a lot because it had been a long time since I took an English course. Well, I think this book will bless a lot of readers. I encourage my listeners right now to check it out. It's titled The Pilgrim Journey, Miles to Go, Promises to Keep. This is written by Douglas Turner, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can get it anywhere, like on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Douglas, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me all about The Pilgrim Journey. I had a nice time talking with you. You're very nice for contacting me, and I appreciate you calling. The book we're going to talk about here right now says it's time to plant something beautiful. It's called Tiny Seeds, Sowing the Seeds for the Growth of Health, Wealth, and Happiness. This one's written by Sherry Mahoney. I'm delighted that Sherry is sitting right here with me now, and we get to talk all about this book. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. Can you tell me what readers can expect when they open up Tiny Seeds? Sure. So Tiny Seeds is something I've worked on for a long time, and it was a large collection of stories and life events that I collected through my own life, as well as the clients that I had helped over the years. And I always felt that at some point it would be something that I would sit down and put into a book. And that's how Tiny Seeds came about. There were clients that had come to me year after year and everyone comes in with seeds of ideas of their own. How to buy a house, how to go about having kids and deal with college. And eventually we get to phases in their lives where they're talking about selling that house and kids are grown and funding education accounts for college for grandkids and things like that. So all these people that had come in with seeds of their ideas, we worked on how to grow those into the lives that they want. And along the way, I planted some of my own seeds, things like, you know, have you thought about something like exiting? You know, what's your exit strategy for your business? The time's passing, you're getting up there and what do we have for a plan in place? So they came in with their own seeds. I planted some of my seeds and we put together plans on how to grow those seeds into the life that they wanted. Hmm. Sherry, was this something that took you a long time to write and get published? So in terms of writing it, it probably took about six months once I was committed to actually putting it to paper. The ideas and the notes had taken me probably 10 years of just kind of jotting down things that I thought were pretty interesting and situations that I felt compelled to share because there were so many things. I always think that whatever they're experiencing, they're in it on their own. And what they don't realize is that there's a whole lot of other people out there with the exact same situation. Clients that come in and say, you know, I've got this horrible situation. I haven't filed taxes for five or 10 years. What they don't realize is that there's a whole lot of other people out there in the same situation. And some of them are probably family members or neighbors, but there's a lot of things that we don't talk about. And for me, it was always about making people feel like they weren't alone in whatever they were experiencing. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of times by sharing stories of other people who had had kind of the same dreams or ideas, it helped them feel that they could also have those things that they wanted in their lives. That's so important. I think often the first step to getting through what you're going through is just knowing you aren't alone, knowing that there are other people who are going through it and who have gone through it before. Right. And people are always surprised when they, you know, they always think they come in with the worst possible story I've ever heard. And it's such an amazing load off of people when I can say, well, no, actually, I'm I'm working (laughs) with some, you know, I've worked with other clients in similar situations. And yes, you know, whatever you have going on seems insurmountable to you, but lots of other people are going through and have gone through the same things. And we just, you know, we tackle it one step at a time. We make a list. We break it down and we say, okay, you know, what can we do to get you some relief? Oh, Sherry, when it comes to writing and when it comes to publishing things like that, is this the first time you've done it? So I've written different articles for publication, never written a book, but it was always something in my lifetime that, you know, I felt like this next chapter of my life and my career would be about writing and sharing. Mm-hmm because it would give me the ability to reach a broader number of people. You know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, you know, we're somewhat isolated and I felt like there was so much information to share and how could I get that out there on a larger scale? And writing was kind of the answer to that. Hmm. I know a lot of readers are going to be blessed and experience a lot of growth when they read this book. It's titled Tiny Seeds, Sowing the Seeds for the Growth of Health, Wealth and Happiness. It's written by Sherry Mahoney. It's published by Fulton Books. You can grab it up everywhere. Of course, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore. Well, Sherry, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me about Tiny Seeds and everything that you got going on. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. Well, and thank you for talking to me. I'm always happy to talk about it. So I enjoy spreading the word about Tiny Seeds. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.